Hello, hello, hello. What is up, my people? Uh, Ozzy checking in here for episode two of Ozzy's Antics. Uh, going through a quick rundown of the 2020 NFL draft uh, in the eyes of a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, having to take off those fandom glasses uh, for a second and kind of just sit down and go through each pick, kind of break down to you what I see the role being in the coming years. Um, so, yeah, just kind of quickly, just first, I want to give a big shout out to Will McClay. Um, man, the dude drafted his tail off. This was one of the better drafts that I've seen um, with and without my fan glasses on. Um, it was evident that he had a board. The team had a board. They stuck to it. Um, they didn't reach on any picks. Um, there's a couple that are going to be works in progress. Um, but that comes with any draft in any sport that you do. You always have that those one or two picks that you think, okay, this is going to be a process to get this guy where we need him to be. But if the process works, man, it's going to be fun. Um, so um, first pick, round one, pick seven, team. Man, I'm still having to pinch myself, what, five, six days later to sit down and think that CD land is unreal. Um, with the 17th pick, there is no way that I thought that we would be able to land CD Lamb, um, which is which is crazy because the dude was an obvious top 10 prospect, um, AP All-American, um, led the uh, Big 12 in receiving touchdowns last year. Um, over his three years um, at Oklahoma, 32 total touchdowns, um, which is incredible, um, which is just awesome to see that a receiver over three years averaged at least double digit. Freshman year, he had seven. Sophomore year, 11. Last year, uh, led the Big 12 with 14. Um, God, averaged 21.4 yards per catch last year. Is That's incredible. That is absolutely insane. Um, so for a guy like CD to fall to us at 17, um, takes our offense from being great to dynamic. You have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb as your three receivers. And I would sit here and say that that's probably the best receiving trio in the NFL. There's a couple teams that are close, don't get me wrong. But Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb, man, that's going to be fun. And then you, you, you throw in a mix of Ezekiel Elliott, Blake Jarwin, um, man, that those are those are some weapons that Dak Prescott has. And if Mike McCarthy is the opposite of Jason Garrett in a sense of trusting Kellen Moore with this offense and also bringing in some of his principles, don't get me wrong, Mike McCarthy is a great coach. Um, but having the mix of McCarthy and Kellen Moore being able to take this offense to the next level and having a guy like CeeDee Lamb in the fold helps that even more. Um, so I, I think there is there is some some questions as to how do you integrate them in so quickly? What what portion of the offense does he get? Um, is he now the number two guy? Or is Gallup still the number two guy? That's going to be the dynamic that we see the first uh, come preseason, come training camp, kind of seeing who separates themselves. Cooper is the obvious one right now. Could C.D. Lamb in three or four years be the number one guy? Most definitely. Do I want that? Most definitely, because that means this pick is paid off. So being able to, one, give Zeke his touches, 
have Dak be able to trust the system, have C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin, all those guys be able to form this cohesive, insane offense is something I'm really looking forward to. So that pick alone right there, I, you could have told me that we drafted nobody the rest of the draft, and I would have been like, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Not really, but still, getting a guy like C.D. Lamb, that seven is unreal. So hats off to um, – Thank you to the other 16 teams before that did not get them. Um, but once it got to like pick 13 or 14, and I was like, wait a minute. Chason's on the board. Um, Rugs and Lamb. I was like, okay, we're going to get a combination of any one of those guys. And I'd be really happy with either one of those three. So once it got to those last three of, I think it was Raiders, um, somebody else and then then us at the Cowboys, I was like, okay, it's going to happen. We're, we're, we're going CD. Once CD fell to us, I was really hoping that Jerry somehow didn't mess it up. And once Will McClay, I'm sure, just said, hey, got to get this guy. And I knew as soon as they showed Mike McCarthy and how happy he was and how giddy he was, I was like, we got Lamb. We got him. We got him. And group chat went off. Group chat was hype. I've never seen our group chat between uh, me, Valentine, Tyler, Arden, and uh, Luke Vibert. Never seen it so hype outside of Luke because he's not a Cowboys fan. But the other three of us, man, we were so hyped. So C.D. Lamb, Dallas Cowboy, that's awesome. Uh, going on to round two, um, we knew going into day two there needed to be um, some defensive help. I figured it was going to be a DB in the second round. Um, was kind of hoping uh, – I mean, just looking at the board, you, you see Christian Fulton, you see um, Grant Delpit, and you think those guys are going to be able to drop to you um, possibly or trade up to try and get one of those guys. But I'm sure when the Cowboys work, uh, woke up that day, they knew, okay, if this guy is here, we have to take him. If this guy's here, we have to take him. Um, and they – they didn't panic. They didn't try to trade up and give away some other picks. Um, they trusted the process, and they got a guy who, in my opinion, in two or three years, could be the future of the Dallas Cowboys secondary. Um, Trayvon Diggs, big, big, in my opinion, upside future pick, um, which is crazy to say for a round two pick. But if you keep in mind, this guy played four years at Alabama. Yes. But his freshman year, he was a wide receiver. He's only played DB three years, and part of his junior year, he was hurt, I believe. So, I mean, you look, he's played two and a half years of DB. So, yes, this is why I'm saying it's a future upside pick, because he's still learning how to really play that position. In order to be a true lockdown, you're half of the field guy, you really got to learn the craft of being a good DB. And I think that with the proper coaching and technique, Trayvon Diggs can be that. Long, lanky, athletic guy, 6'2", 215, um, really loves playing the bump and press coverage. So that's something that the Cowboys love to do. I mean, you saw it with Byron a little bit. Um, you see it with guys like Cheeto and Jordan. Um, so I think drafting a guy like Trayvon allows you to be more dynamic on the defensive side by, by moving Cheeto or Jordan to the nickel um, safety position. 
um, which would be huge because that's a position of need right now is, is that second safety. Um, so having a guy like Trayvon come in and if he's able to learn quickly, um, kind of learn what to do, things like that. I mean, he had three picks last year, his senior year, which, which, I mean, that's okay numbers. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, that's decent. He really, um, I think that he's going to flourish on third and long situations where it, where it's an obvious pass situation. Uh, he's a very athletic and, um, physical corner. So third and long situations, knowing that it's a pass and he can be a little more aggressive. I like that pick right there. Um, in two to three years, I can see Trayvon being a huge, if not a very, very, very important part of this defense. So um, along with the second pick that day in round three, pick 82, um, another Oklahoma guy, uh, Neville Gallimore, uh, athletic for a defensive tackle for sure, um, was a five-year guy at OU, redshirted his first year, um, believe he got hurt there at OU. So uh, I mean, he played 67, uh, 67 games for OU. No, not 67. My apologies. Uh, let's see here, 26 and 10. 36 games for OU in four years. Um, freshman year, played 10 games. Sophomore year, played 10 games. So uh, over his career, I mean, he had a total of 147 tackles. 67 of those were solo, which for DT, that's pretty decent numbers. Um, eight and a half sacks over his career, which um, – his role at OU was to plug the line, plug the gap, big time run stopper. And I think that that's going to continue at the next level for the Cowboys. I think their biggest concern right now, not that it's a huge, huge, huge concern, but I think right now the defensive tackle position, um, you got a guy like Antoine Woods, who we thought was going to be able to, to, to make it happen. Um, and we took the guy last year from UCF. Oh man, I'm blanking on his name right now, but you have guys like that who are um, defensive tackles that we drafted and have developed and signed as free agents to try and fill that void, and they haven't. And we're not expecting Neville Gallimore to come in and lead the NFL in sacks. That's not his role. His role is a run stopper. Fill that line, clog it up, get the assisted tackles on runs going to try to be hidden in that one in the A and B gap right there. Um, so I like the pick. It's a very good value pick right there. Um, I like it. I had no problem with it. Um, I mean, I saw the guy for four years play against Texas. Um, didn't, like I said, didn't really ever stand out, but you knew he was there. So um, another very high quality pick right there for the Cowboys. Uh, round four going on to the final day. This is where these last couple picks uh, two out of the next four picks, I would even say three out of the next four picks, um, were very, very quality and high-value picks where they were drafted at. Um, these guys were always on the Cowboys board. I thought a little bit earlier than what they were drafted. Um, but still, I mean, we get another corner, round four, first pick of the day. Um, Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. Uh, four-year starter at Tulsa, another, another, just like Trayvon, another long athletic corner, very raw skill set, but he plays the ball well. Uh, a lot of pass breakups. He had three picks last year at Tulsa, um, but he, he was a guy who was there for four years for him, uh, trusted in the secondary. I think along with Trayvon, if him and Trayvon can develop together and push each other, I think that could be a very good cornerback. Goes put. 
both of them are 6'2", 215, 205, um, which nowadays you need big guys playing out there in the corner position that are still athletic, and they fit that role. So Trayvon and Reggie being the two defensive backs that we drafted in this draft, I really like it. I really like that pick right there, first pick of the day on day three. Um, this next guy, I'm going to struggle saying his last name, Tyler Beatish. Beatish? Badish? From Wisconsin, AP All-American, round four, pick 146. I believe we traded with the Eagles for this pick, which rarely ever happens. I don't think it's happened in like over 10 years. Uh, trading with the with the rival like that is interesting. Um, but we traded to get a, some offensive line help, which is huge right now, uh, especially at the center position with uh, Travis retiring, which is still kind of huge news. Um with what he had to go through with his health and everything um, can never fault a guy for looking out for his long-term um, success and priority of life. So um, Travis Frederick, thank you for your time with the Dallas Cowboys was always a big plug right there in the O-line made the O-line go without Travis, that O-line is not as dominant as they have been. So thank you, Travis Frederick for your time um, and wearing that star with pride. Um, but Tyler Bietish, AP All-American, Remington Trophy winner, um, which is the most outstanding center in the uh, NCAA Division I. Um, three, four-year starter at Wisconsin, big part of why Jonathan Taylor was so successful, I believe. Um, very good value, again, with this pick. Um, rated probably anywhere between the 10 to 15th best offensive lineman, I would, I would think. Um, you don't see a lot of centers go um, too early which is weird because you would think center would be one of the big positions that you would want to get. Um, injuries in the past, but again, addition to the O-line that's kind of thin right now, and it adds depth. So I like it. That's off to Will McClay. Again, round four, pick 146, not thinking he'd be there, made a move, went and got the guy that they wanted. So that's huge right there. Um, they always wanted him. And the fact that they were able to trade and make it happen when they saw that he was still there, big shouts, big shout out to Will McClay. Round five, um, defensive uh, end from Utah, four-year guy at Utah. Uh, numbers got significantly better every year, which is a big thing that you want to see. Um, you want you want to see kids develop and grow at the position and learn the techniques. And this guy right here, Bradley and I, another AP All-American. That's three AP All-Americans for you guys keeping track. Half of our picks so far have been AP All-Americans. And all of them slipped to us, I believe. So huge value at this point in the draft when you're thinking, okay, there's no way this guy is here in round five. But he is. Don't know why all these guys slid. It may be something that, I don't know. It, but it doesn't matter because they came to the Cowboys. Big senior year for this guy. Um, 13 sacks in 12 games at Utah. Huge, huge year. Um, 41 total tackles, 13 sacks, uh, one forced fumble. Um, I mean, he's he was an AP All-American of position. Um, really, really quick first step when I went back and watched a little bit of film on this guy. Um, they say he's going to struggle a little bit athletically. He's just not as athletic as some of the big-time defensive ends that you see. But – a quick first step is just as important in my opinion. So if he's if he's learned the trick of the trade of being a great defensive end, 
um, which, I mean, 13 sacks at the highest level of college football. I'd say he learned a little bit of something in the Pac-12 at that. You know, he's not in the Mountain West or the Sun Belt. No offense to those conferences, but still, it's Power 5 football, and he had 13 sacks on the year. So Bradley and I from uh, Utah, a big-time pick right there, uh, really kind of solidified the draft in that moment. Once you get Bradley and I in the fifth round, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, this this draft was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, even after day one, you're thinking, okay, we still have to improve. But um, I like that pick. Um, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pressure for some playing time right off the bat. Um, very thin uh, defensive line front right now, um, which we helped in the, in the free agent additions. I'll go over that here in a second. Um, we kind of uh, got a couple guys that, that would help us. Um, but there's still a couple guys out there that I think that we have to make calls to at least um, just to see where they're gauging, where they're at, and kind of going from there. Um, final pick of the draft for the Cowboys, Ben DiNucci. He's a guy that you would hear on Jersey Shore. Ben DiNucci from Philadelphia, uh, big-time player at the uh, FCS level. He was at Pitt for two years, um, that struggled at Pitt, didn't really get many much playing time uh, sophomore year. Pitt had only had a thousand yards passing, 55% completion percentage, not very good. Five TDs, five picks. Transferred to James Madison, where he was there for two years, and I believe led James Madison to back to back uh, championships where they lost to obviously North Dakota State both times, but still, um, really big time gamer. You look at his film and you're like, okay, this guy just wants to win. Really, like, really good bull. And for the first time in a while, gives us a good option. I'm not saying great option. I'm saying a reliable option as a cup quarterback. No more Cooper Rush. <laughs> you know, no more no more of guys that are there and you're like, man, I really hope that nobody gets hurt. You know, so senior year at JMU, over 3,400 yards passing, uh, 29 touchdowns. Uh, also had seven, seven rushing touchdowns. Um, you have you have a guy that is big time, you know, who, who at his level of where he played was successful. So 30 touchdowns, 71 completion percentage. Um, I like it. I like that pick right there strictly be, strictly because he adds quarterback depth. You know, he's if worse comes to worse with Dak, nothing gets done. You have a guy who with the weapons around him could be successful. Um, let's talk Dak. He's able to sit down now, and Jerry can say, look, we got you the weapon, son. Like, let's make this happen. What do we need to do? Let's work together because we have to build a round. You know, we can't we can't drop 35 to 40 million and not be able to pay anybody else because then it becomes a clown show, you know. Um, really hope Dak can figure it out. Also with that, you want to send your thoughts and prayers to the Prescott family. Uh, his brother Jace uh, passed away during the draft. Um, so, you know, um, going forward to the free agent additions that we made uh, in the offseason, um, people forget that we signed Haha Clinton Dix, who, yes, I understand, isn't Earl Thomas, isn't Jamal Adams, but he's still a decent player at that position of need. You get Jared McCoy and Dontari Poe. Again, 
position of need, defensive line. Jared McCoy is a proven veteran. Dontari Poe, proven veteran. You get a kicker in Greg Zerline, who when he was with the Rams for however many years he was there, was a valuable option as a kicker, which is something that we've been looking for since we lost Dan the Man Bailey, you know? Um, and at the tight end position, you get the belldozer, former Oklahoma quarterback, was the tight end with the Chiefs last year, got himself a Super Bowl ring. Um, signing him along with uh, along with um, those other four were big, you know, and then you have the re-signings that guys that were up in question, you re-signed Amari Cooper, you get uh, Sean Lee, LP Lattisor, Joe Thomas, Justin March, all those guys to one-year deals. Um, March, Thomas, and Lee, all linebacking cores, uh, which are a position of need with the health that we've had at that position, with um, Vander Esch dealing with injuries, Jalen Smith dealing with injuries, Sean Lee dealing with in injuries. So you're getting guys that if something happens, we have backups there. Uh, Anthony Brown and CJ Goodwin on the defensive backfield, uh, big time signings right there. Veteran guys who understand the system and hoping that we can take it to the next level. I, I think I think what we have here um, with the draft that we had, with the free agent signings we have, we're close. Um, close to breaking that barrier of where we want to be, which I haven't seen in my lifetime as far as me remembering, um, which is the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. You all want that. We all want that, you know. We want to be able to see the Dallas Cowboys make it to the next level. And so for me, um, we took some steps in the right directions. Um, so there's a couple guys that you see left um, wise that you would want to possibly just reach out to, you know. Um, you got guys, um, Michael Bennett, who was with us for a bit. Um, Kirk Patrick, who was with the uh, the Bengals for for a bit, another true cornerback. Uh, you got guys like that that are out there that at least just make a phone call to the agents and say, "Hey, look, what's going on? What is your client thinking? What are you thinking? Let's try to work something out." You got Jadavian Clowney, um, a one year prove deal. Come on, dude. And then we we also signed Alvin Smith. If he's able to get if he's able to get clearance from the NFL, that's a big time threat right there. I mean, when Alden Smith was healthy, he was one of the best outside linebackers in the game. Um, so you got guys out there um, who we want to go after. We can so Clowney, uh, Kirkpatrick, Michael Bennett. Um, you got guys that just prove it deals. You know, there's Eric Reed is still out there if he's if he's still battling injuries, just another prove-it deal. You know, if we can get three or four guys on a one-year prove-it deal and make a run at it, um, a, a, a young corner out there, Eli Apple, who was a top-10 pick, struggles struggled at the couple teams that he was at. But, man, I mean, one-year I'm a big fan of one-year prove-it deals on any level, baseball, basketball, uh, football, uh, anything. If you're able to say, hey, look, we're taking a chance on you. If this works, it's going to work out for us. So I'm a big fan of what, what we got going on. Um, moving forward, I'm going to kind of see what we got going on, what I'm going to speak about next. Um, if you guys have anything, any preferences you want me to speak on, uh, reach out to me, shoot me a text, uh, hit me up on Twitter. 
Facebook, whatever you guys want to talk about. Might have a special guest here in the next couple of weeks. I've uh, been working with them, trying to plan something to uh, to have some conversation about the game of baseball. So you guys uh, stay tuned. I appreciate you listening. Um, I look forward to doing many, many more of these. Uh, with that being said, Puro Pinche Cowboys, OG out.